everybody. I'm Katie. I'm glad to see you. Um, I'm thankful that you are here. If you have not let us know that you are here, would you, just a brief reminder to re register your presence with us here today. Um, you can do that um, via the number that's just below the screen or register your attendance online. Um, we just want to say hi to you throughout the week and let you know that we're real thankful uh, to see your face or to see your name um, and that we're thankful for what God is doing in your life. Um, we are going to be in the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. I'm going to be starting at the first book, first verse of the first book. So if you have your Bible with you or on your phone, um, I'll direct you toward that in just a minute. Um, we're going to read through one, verses 1 through 11. Um, but for right now, I invite you to join me in another time of prayer, and um, we'll just go to God and be before him now for just a moment. Let's pray. God, your mercy is overwhelming. We don't know quite what to do with it. How kind you are to us. How loving you are toward us. God, when we don't feel like we deserve it, when we don't understand why it is that you love us, you still love us. I find myself so thankful for that love today. God, I pray that you would work through this time of words spoken, words sung, music heard that everything that is said, God, points us toward you. Everything that is sung points us toward you. Everything that we see and hear and experience in this time helps us to learn more about who you are and who you call us to be. God, we ask all of this in Jesus' strong and mighty name. Amen. Amen. How are you guys doing? It's been quite a week, hasn't it? been quite a past few weeks with all the shootings that we have seen in the news in Uvalde and Buffalo and Laguna Woods and the list just it goes on doesn't it it's been quite a few months with all the instability in Afghanistan the war in Ukraine it's been quite a year with the economy uncertain and inflation rising it's been quite a few years with COVID and we're tired we're tired so I want you to know that Pastor Wade and I, we're, we're holding you in our hearts. We're holding your people in our hearts. I am right now especially holding our country in my heart. I'm holding this whole world in my heart. There's not a human heart on this planet that can bear the knowledge of all the things that are happening right now, and yet we keep hearing about it, don't we? Because the news never stops. So I want you to know uh, if you are overwhelmed, if you're hurting, you're a human, and that's why. So I learned um, a long time ago somewhere that the point of Bible heroes like Mary and Paul and Moses and Deborah and David, the point isn't to read the stories about their lives in the Bible and then to try to make your life like their life. And I thought that was really interesting because what I was taught in Bible school was the exact opposite. I don't know if that's what happened to you, but I thought that the whole point of reading about somebody in the Bible was to be just like them, right? So this person made the argument, this person who told me this, that the point isn't merely to see the wisdom of Deborah or to see the trust of Mary or to experience the passion of Paul, or the courage of Moses, or the faith of David, and then to think, I should just be wiser. That's the answer to all of my life's problems. I'll just, you know, I'll just figure it out. I'll just become wise all of a sudden. 
or, oh, I should just trust God more. I should just be more courageous. I should just be more faithful. That's a point of the stories in the Bible. But as I read the scriptures, that's not the main point of the stories. The scriptures have a larger point, but we're talking about the people who are in the stories. The Bible is not a book about model humans. It's not a book about model humans, except for Jesus. Like, Jesus is the only character in the Bible who is the, you know, the model human, the picture of what a human being could be. Every human being in the Bible, except for Jesus, is flawed, right? So this person told me that instead, the point of Bible heroes, the point of people like Mary and Paul and Moses and Deborah and David, the point is to see their lives, to read about their lives, and to see your life in their life. Do you see the difference? To see your life in their life, to see their hurts and their hangups, to see their faith and their joy, to witness their mistakes and their struggles, and to see yourself. To say, oh, there I am. Oh, that's me too. I've felt that way before. I've wondered that every once in a while. I did that once too. I made that mistake. I got it right there. And the point is to see if God can work in that life, right? If God can work in a person like Mary or Paul or Moses or Deborah or David, a person who is flawed, a person who is a person with all of their hurts and their hangups, with all of their faith and their joy, with all of their mistakes and their struggles, God might be able to work in my life too. So rather than becoming just like them, we see ourselves in them. So that's the lens I invite you to bring. We're going to read this scripture. We encounter a relatable scene in Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11 today. I want you to read it along with me on your phone and your Bible, wherever you read it. Let's hear what God has to say to us. So the author says this. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up into heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over the course of 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? And he replied, it is not for you to know the times or the periods that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, they were gazing up toward heaven. Suddenly, two men in white robes stood by them. They said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus who has been taken up to you from heaven into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Dear friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. And together we say, thanks be to God. So the book of Acts is a sequel. Part one is Luke's gospel, and this is part two. 
So this story, our story, picks up right in verse 1 as Jesus is about to ascend into heaven. So just a refresher, this is where we are. Jesus has died. He's been raised from the dead. And since then, what we hear in verse 3 is that he has been appearing on and off over a period of 40 days to his disciples. And every time he appears, Jesus has given them more teaching. He's reinforcing the stuff he already said. It's nothing new, but he's just giving them additional teaching. He's reminding them, hey, remember what we talked about? This is what you need to do. You need to go tell people about me. You need to help other people discover faith. Hey, remember, I told you this is how you do this. This is how you go and you love God and you love your neighbor. You do that with everything you have. And then we hear in the scripture that Jesus has ordered, not asked, but ordered his disciples to stay in Jerusalem because something big is coming. Jesus is about to fulfill a promise. He's going to give the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is his presence and his power. And Pastor Wade's going to talk about that next week, so I'm not going to talk about that this week because next week is Pentecost when the church is born. But for now, what the disciples are is curious. They've got a lot of questions. You hear them ask, hey, Jesus... Hey, now that we know that you're the real deal, like we knew before, but now we know, no. So could you like do that stuff that you said you were going to do, Jesus? <laughs> How does that sound? Can you finally make that stuff happen? Can you restore God's kingdom here on earth? And Jesus is like, sorry, dudes. You know, I don't have the answer to that question. Even in my resurrected power, only God, the father knows the answer to that one, right? So Jesus says, I do have power, and what my power is, is to give you the Holy Spirit. And so that's coming. And while he is talking, like before they've even fully got their question answered, I can imagine they'd be like, hey, wait, I have a couple follow-ups. He starts to go, right? He goes up. <laughs> he's, he's ascending into heaven, into a cloud, out of sight, and he disappears. He is there one minute, and he is gone the next have y'all ever been to, like, uh, an air show at Wright-Pat Air Force Base or some other place? Okay, so this is how I imagine the disciples. Just like, how do you look when you're at, a, at an uh, air show? Right? <laughs> so I can just see them. I can imagine the disciples watching Jesus like they're at an air show with all those planes doing barrel rolls and loops and dives. Their heads are back. Their mouths are open. Their eyes are wide. Their hearts are racing because it's all so wonderful. And we don't know how long they stayed that way. Maybe they stayed there for a minute. Maybe they stayed there for two minutes, maybe 10 minutes. But after a while, they're still gazing up to heaven. And two angels, two men, it says, show up and ask them, Hey, guys, what you doing? Why are you standing around here with your mouths hanging open? Why are you looking up? He's not, he's not coming down that way yet, right? You know that. Do you understand that that's what's going on? He's not coming down yet. He's up there. He's staying up there. The point of Bible heroes like the disciples, even as we see them in Acts, is to read about their lives and to see yourself in their life. And so sometimes in my hurt and my hang-ups, in the mistakes that I make, in the struggles that I have, sometimes when I encounter in the world hurt and questions and confusion and anger and when I encounter violence, sometimes when I hear about another mass shooting, 
sometimes when I hear a friend, somebody that I love deeply, share about their personal experience of racial injustice. Sometimes when I hear about the ongoing pandemic, I just want to stand there. I just want to stand there with my head back, my mouth open, looking up toward heaven and wondering, what's next, Jesus? Like, aren't you going to do something about this? Aren't you going to do something, Jesus, I want to say? Because the world feels now like it was before your resurrection, Jesus. The world feels now like it was 10 minutes ago before you ascended into heaven, Jesus, and now you're leaving You're going up. You're going to go somewhere else. You're not going to be here. You'll be with the Father, but you won't be here with us anymore. And what am I missing, Jesus? What am I missing? Is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel, Jesus? Nothing has changed, the disciples want to say. Is this it? Is this all there is? And friends, I want you to know that's a fair question. If that's a question that's on your heart today, that's a fair question. Because sometimes, even when we love and follow Jesus with our lives, it feels like nothing has changed. Except I want to say to you today, you came to church for hope, and so I'm going to give it to you. Everything has changed. Everything has changed. So today is Ascension Sunday. Ascension was technically 40 days after the resurrection, so it was Thursday. So happy four days ago. Happy belated Ascension Day. We're Ascension Sunday today. And so the Ascension is like the exclamation point on Jesus' life and on his resurrection. God's giving an exclamation point. A bunch of amazing things have already happened, right? So we we already had the living presence of God among us in Jesus here on earth, right? And we already have experienced the death of God's son on the cross out of God's deep and abiding love for us. And we already experienced his resurrection power. And as if we needed any more proof of God's power, any more reassurance of God's might, any more confidence in God's promises, we get the ascension where Jesus Christ, who is the risen Son of God, who takes away the sins of the world through his death on the cross, where Jesus Christ is raised up and placed at the right hand of God the Father, raised up where he will rule and where he will reign forever. Everything has changed. The world has changed. The universe has changed because now, in the ascension, Jesus is enthroned as Lord. That's the whole point of having this conversation today. Jesus is enthroned as Lord. Jesus is enthroned. Who is King of kings and Lord of lords? Jesus, not anyone else. Human powers are not enthroned. I hope somebody says amen in their heart today about that. Human powers are not enthroned. Human promises are not enthroned. Death and, death and destruction are not enthroned. Jesus is enthroned. No one else gets the final say about how life goes. No one else. Jesus does. Jesus gets the final say. And so here's what God is saying in the ascension. When when God raises Jesus up, God is saying that that which seems weak and powerless and ordinary, that which is unfathomable, that which is heartbreaking, that is actually strong and powerful and extraordinary. And here's why. 
because Jesus came among us to be a human being like you and like me. Jesus glorifies what it means to be a human. He welcomes ordinary people into his life, into God's kingdom. Now, we wouldn't call them heroes. I mean, maybe you would. Maybe you would call some of these folks heroes. But when you get down to brass tacks, friends, they are just like you and me. They're just like us. They're sinners. They are nobodies. They are outcasts. And what Jesus does is not push them away. He brings them in. He welcomes them. He loves them. Jesus loves them. And God exalts Jesus in the ascension and gives him the name that is above every other name. So can you see this hope? That Jesus glorifies what it means to be a human, even in our brokenness, and now he's seated at the right hand of God the Father. Can you see how much hope this brings to people who feel like sinners and who feel worthless and who feel like nobodies and who feel like they are outcasts? People who are broken and hurting and wandering and people who are left behind. People like you and like me who don't feel like heroes. God is for them. Can you see how much hope this brings, how much life this gives to those of us who are still living and working and looking for hope in a, in a broken world? Jesus is in their story, and he's the king of kings. Jesus isn't here, but he's sending the spirit, and that changes everything. So the Holy Spirit is coming to be poured out on God's people on all flesh. That's what the scripture says. But that's not happened just yet, at least not in our story. Right now, what the disciples have to do is wait. They have to wait and keep waiting and wait some more, and they have to trust in Jesus' promise. They have to trust that Jesus is going to do what he says. And he's been doing that. He's been doing what he says, like, over and over again, because we see that God is faithful to God's promises. So Jesus says he's going to die, and he does. He says he's going to rise again, and he does. He said he would ascend to the Father, and there he goes, way up into the air. There he is, ascended. So can they trust the rest of the promise? Can they trust the gift of the Holy Spirit? So we have the opportunity to have hindsight, but standing where the disciples are on that ascension day, all those years ago, all the disciples had was trust. That's it. they got to trust in Jesus, and they have to do it without any physical proof that Jesus had done what he said. Think about it. All they had was their trust. They had nothing else. For a while, they had Jesus, right? He was there among them. He lived on the earth for at least three decades. He was physical proof of God's love and presence. And even after he died, they had a tomb, right? It was proof that something had happened. Even if the something wasn't going the way they had hoped it was going to go, at least there was that. And then after the resurrection, they had Jesus again. They had him with him. He was the risen Christ just for a little while. But now after the ascension, it feels like the proof is gone, right? They suddenly have nothing again. They have his love and they have everything that, that he taught them. But at least for that little while, it feels like, well, what do we do? And so they're called to this work of waiting. They're called to this work of trusting in Jesus for the promise of the Spirit. And this is really, friends, this is really where the book of Acts begins. Acts begins with empty-handed dependence. They have to depend fully on Jesus. They're called to the work of waiting. And while they wait, they have a choice. While we wait, we have a choice. How we move forward says a lot. 
we have a choice in how we wait for God to move. So we can look up with our eyes wide and our mouths open, standing still, hands empty, waiting for God and God alone to move. We can watch the news. We can scroll on Facebook. We can say, how terrible, how sad, I can't believe it. And we can wait for someone else to do something. Someone else to do the work that needs to be done. Someone else to pray the prayer that needs to be prayed. Someone else to become part of the answer to that prayer. Or, or we could stop looking up and we could look out. Men of Galilee, why do you look up? Jesus says. Not Jesus. The angels say. So after Jesus leaves for real, the disciples look out. That's the choice that they make. As they wait, they work. Even before they're given the spirit, they've, give, they've been given a job to do. So the literal translation, if you still have Acts open, look there in verse 1. So if you look at the original Greek, right, it says, In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do. All that he began to do and all that he began to teach. Jesus begins the work. And then what the writer of Acts is suggesting is that Jesus' work is going to continue through the work his disciples do. Or we see there in verse 8 in chapter 1, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Acts is a story about people like you and people like me, people whose long ago stories happened and people in whose stories we can see ourselves today. Acts is the story of people and God in motion together. They're called to the work of waiting, and as they wait, they work. They look out, not up, looking up for them. That's not for them anymore. So the question remains, how do they live as Jesus' followers when their proof of Jesus is gone? And the answer is they become the proof because they've experienced the power of the risen Christ in their lives, so they become the proof. They do the work of being God's people. They proclaim the good news about him. They teach, they love, they serve, they heal, they work to redeem that which is lost, and they work to bind up that which is broken. They embody Jesus in his kingdom, that kingdom whose primary value is love. Sometimes they despair because they're human, but all the time they hope. And they don't always do it perfectly, but they always try, even when looking out is harder. Because not doing something isn't an option. Acts is a story full of Bible heroes, people like Stephen and Lydia and the Ethiopian eunuch, people like Timothy and Peter and Paul and Philip. And at the same time, it is a story about ordinary people like you and like me, people who took everything that Jesus had taught him, taught them, everything Jesus had showed them, everything that Jesus had prayed for them and about them, and they became people who did, people who acted. That's why it's called Acts on what God had called them to do. Because what other option was there? Jesus continues because they do. Jesus continues because we do. So the question is, people of God, wherever you are, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? It's time to move.